once again, this is a treat today we have here the owner of The Bagel, which is a uh, Lakeview East uh, staple and also has a history in Chicago, many locations. Danny, Danny Wolf, what a name, what a man. Uh, today we get to find out a bit more about your character. Um, and so thank you for joining, Danny. Thank you for coming My out pleasure. on, on this, this warm day. And uh, yeah, what's, what's your story, Danny? Where were you born? Uh, it's an interest, interesting story. Not a happy one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, my family is Holocaust survivors. Okay. And I'm probably the youngest Holocaust survivor you'll ever meet. I was born at the very end of the war, 1944. And uh, my mother and I and my father were liberated in May of 1945. Okay. So they uh, came to the U.S.? How old were you when you came to the U.S.? Uh, five. Five. We couldn't get in right away, you know, immigration policies being what they were at the time. So you came here uh, through Ellis Island, was it? Or? Uh, it was not Ellis Island anymore. It was a different, uh, and I don't remember exactly what uh, island it was, but uh, I remember seeing the Statue of Liberty for the first time as a young child. Okay, well, it might have been Ellis Island. Uh, so how did you make your way to Chicago from New York? Shortly, we, they just stayed in New York for a short time. They had other survivors who were relocated near Chicago, and and through those referrals, they they got into the city. Okay. So, do you do they tell you stories as a kid about how how old were you when they started the bagel? Your parents? It was uh, I would be just about seven, six, seven years old. Okay. Do you remember anything about that in that time? Sure. Or? I was I was put to work right away. Yeah. As soon as I could reach the cash register, I helped with that, cleaning floors. And actually, my father taught me how to type when I was seven, and I would type up a daily menu for the restaurant. So you had a hand in crafting some of the favorites? Well, in, in terms of typing a menu, but not, okay. not really the cooking. Cooking came later. Yeah. But I was always interested in, in you know, watching the cook and learning from them what to do. Okay. So the menu, it's, it's the bagel. So obviously, the bagel is... Uh, kind of a core part of it, but obviously you guys are known much more even for some of your other specialties, right? Right. Like, like your matzo ball soup yeah. and stuff like that, right? Yeah, we're a full-service restaurant. Interesting story about why the name is The Bagel. Um, when when my, my grandfather uh, found a business to go into, it was a bagel bakery, and he joined up with the uh, the man who was running the bakery and and decided to start preparing some family recipes and serving them in the in the front of the bakery portion, they didn't get along together. <laughs> they didn't trust each other, and uh, they, you know, one when one was working, the other one was across the street watching to see if his hands were in the till. And so that partnership dissolved pretty quickly, and my father and grandfather uh, took it over. And they weren't bakers; they didn't know how to run a bakery, or didn't want to run a bakery, and uh, they wanted to run a restaurant. So the sign said "Bagel Bakery." At the time, they didn't have any money. All they could afford was uh, to change the bottom of the sign from bakery to restaurant because it was <laughs> expensive to buy a whole new sign. Mm. So they just painted over the uh, bakery part with the word restaurant, and okay. it stuck. So you admit mm -hmm. that? I mean, you guys, you are a bakery, but are, would you say you're more proud of your your restaurant dishes than your baked right, items? Right. Who who has the best bagel in Chicago for everything bagels? Well, stuff like that. <laughs> We get ours from uh, New York Bagel and Bialy up in the south, northern Oh, south so you east. don't even make your own bagels? No, no. 
That's we're, fun. We're really a restaurant, <laughs> not a bakery. Right. Okay. Um, so you get them from, did you have a, was there a tasting process? Did you decide on who your bagel vendor would be? Did you kind of take it carefully? Yeah, we tried it all many different uh, sources and they're just about to make the best, most authentic ones. Isn't there like a Chicago Bagel Authority or something like that? Or yeah, I'm not that familiar with it. I've heard of it, but okay. Uh, I'm still I'm still testing out the bagel scene here. Um, I've been just eating your bagels because mm-hmm. they have a nice. Uh, they're they're basically good portion size. You know, some bagels mm-hmm. are a little loud and they end up filling you a little too much. But mm-hmm. uh, your bagels are kind of not humble bagels, but they don't scream at you. Yeah. Um, and they, well, now I know they're not even your bagels, but. Right. <laughs> The ones we serve. So do you get them fresh daily from daily, there? Daily, yeah. Okay. Once or twice a day, depending, you know, more busier days, more we get two deliveries, one delivery. In. Yeah. Okay. So actually one of my habits is I like going for a swim Fridays and then uh, Friday mornings. And then after the swim, I like doing a, it's kind of like a salmon lox, like an everything bagel with yeah. salmon, except instead of cream cheese, I do avocado. I spread mm-hmm. avocados, uh, smokes, wild salmon, sockeye, and uh, an everything bagel. So I'm using your everything bagels and... It's going pretty well, the experiment, so I'm enjoying that. Um, but I have to come by the restaurant. How would you describe, when I was in the restaurant, I noticed it's very colorful inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that just years and years? Was it actually the first location, or did no. your parents start somewhere else? We started in the old neighborhood of Albany Park in 19, about 1950, 51. And uh, that was there for 27 years. Then we were up in Rogers Park for 15 years. We had one in, in a mall in the suburbs that closed just a little over two years ago. And uh, that was a big one. That was 275 seats. Mm. And, uh, you know, again, full-service restaurant with liquor and private room, et cetera, et cetera. So in terms of growing the business, um, what would you say was, like, your parents' special sauce? Like, how were they able to acquire loyal clientele? The the, the old-world recipes, the things that uh, uh, gefilte fish, which is a pretty much a big, big Jewish uh, traditional item, and um, roast brisket, those kind of dishes, European uh, cooking. Okay. Uh, and so in the, on the menu, I know you noticed you guys are one of the rare ones. You have a parking lot here on, yeah. on, on the street, which is pretty big, right? Yeah. Um, and then outdoor seating with COVID, did you guys like, adapt a bit? Right, right. And we were able to work out outdoor seating on the uh, side street in front of the restaurant. That's helped during COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously you have had to make a lot of adaptations. Um, so what's the story of, like, when did you take over the restaurant from your parents? Uh, about, let's see, I did. I was in school and did some graduate work, et cetera, et cetera, and, uh, in psychology, that was my field, mm. and decided I didn't want to spend my life uh, doing that. And I liked the restaurant business. I grew up in it. I was doing it almost every day and, and made a decision to really pursue that. Okay. Uh, so your parents... Did they let you take over after a certain time when they were just feeling like taking a step back, or, or how did it hand off? Well, let me just backtrack a little in the timetable. Yeah, At about the end of the 60s, my father uh, wasn't doing that well health-wise, so I came in full-time at that point. Okay. And at that point, you still had many locations? Just We never had more than two at one time. Okay. Um, we aren't a chain or a franchise. And what was one of the biggest challenges of kind of being thrust into the manager role like that? I wouldn't say there was anything that was really that challenging. It was just because I'd grown up in it, it was almost like a routine and it became a second nature to come in there and 
do what needed to be done every day. Right. So you, you kind of had a nice uh, dress rehearsal over a few I, years. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so, so where, what's new with the bagel? So do you guys, are you guys just one of those classic places that never changes or are you constantly innovating? Are you, are you opening, are you bringing on new things to the menu? We do more evolution than revolution, the gradual changes as, as things, uh, as things evolve. We might add a few new items to the menu. Some things get eliminated as, as, as a taste change. Yeah. What's one of the newer items that you guys have come up with? A lot of uh, one of your things that you were just talking about avocado as a as a choice to be added to many uh, to sandwiches and dishes, mm. vegetarian veggie burgers, things like that. But, oh, the new age stuff! <laughs> you're just you're accepting that sometimes people go to restaurants with their friends, and some of their friends are more uh, new agey vegan, and you want to please right. everybody, you know. Exactly. So it's just kind of like the world we live in. That's good that you're adapting to that level. Um, so yeah, so the bagel. How long uh, do you see yourself? Uh, it's it's kind of incredible uh, how long you guys have lasted. It's definitely an inspiration to a lot of local businesses um, because it de definitely is a very difficult space. Um, so, what would you say is one piece of advice that you have for other you know small business owners? One key key advice is, is just getting good people, uh, good employees, good workers, coworkers, and uh, uh, hire people that that love the business and that have a passion for it. That makes all the difference, I think. Yeah, and it's not—it's not work for them, and it's not work for you. How do you screen that in like an interview? Do you ask them, "Hey, have you eaten here before? Like, why? Why did you want to work with us?" Okay. Um, I, fortunately, I haven't had to interview many people because most of our employees are long-term. We're talking about the longest-term one is about forty-four years or so, and uh, most of them are in the twenty to thirty-year range. Um, but when I when I have had to interview someone, the first thing I look for is when they come in, uh, do they greet me with a smile? If they're not smiling when I'm interviewing them, it's, I'll continue the I'll continue the interview and uh, <laughs> take their vital information and everything and their background. But I, I haven't seen a smile, so I know they're not going to smile at my customers. Yeah, you got to be so, able to smile at the boss, you know. Exactly. I mean, so, yeah, sucking up is. Uh... I mean, it's it's not sucking up. It's it's basically showing your joy for the job uh, and your basic personality. Yeah, that's one thing that always helped me in interviews. is just being really friendly. You know, obviously, uh, that's it's only it's only one half of every of the job, but definitely part of the job is being agreeable and and friendly and happy. Sure. Um, especially if you're in the service industry or sales. Yeah, we're dealing with the public every day. We're not sitting in a back office with paperwork. Well, that's that says a lot because I've. Unfortunately, I've noticed some restaurants, some, some some businesses where the employees, they greet you with a frown and mm -hmm. it's like, what do you want from me? It's like, they're, and that's just, that's sad. Uh, and it, it definitely, yeah, it hurts, it hurts your vibe in your day when you go through a, a store and, and the employees like mad to be there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great little weed out trick. It's like, are, yeah. can they at least smile at the manager yeah. or the no, boss? I, that's, I say that, you know, it's, in my mind, the interview is over, even though I'm still <laughs> continuing it for sort of for professionalism and, and courtesy, but no, it's okay. over. So regarding mm -hmm. your team, how do you promote, because uh, this is also something, so screening is great, but then maintaining engagement and, and how do you kind of maintain uh, like a good team kind of vibe or, or, or uh, sentiment uh, among your team? Because it's, it's like a family, you, you, in the good and the bad ways. It's a, but you, you just, uh, 
you're involved in their personal life to a certain extent. If there's a, a um, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but a, um, a lifestyle event, uh, a, a wedding, a, a bar mitzvah, a, uh, an engagement, uh, for the, the uh, Latino people, quinceaneras are a big thing. You get involved in those things. Mm. And you, you're, you know, it's, I think it's important to be involved in employees' lives that way. Right. Yeah, the Jewish people know a lot about celebrations, right? Mm-hmm. Bar mitzvahs, stuff like that. Um, and and how, uh, how much of your menu is it really from like Israel base like kind of dishes or is it is it a bit broader Middle East dishes? Or it's how would you it's not really it? Israeli or Middle East, it's more European. Okay. Yeah, you know, Jewish European. So just like from Eastern Europe kind of right, thing? Right, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, and so regarding uh, your team, how often do they bring ideas to you for things to change around the restaurant? Like what's, what's some cool ideas that you've gotten from your team? Well, this, we haven't asked about changes in the menu over the years. We we always have a soup of the day, a daily one, and it used to always be um, made with with a beef stock or with meat. And uh, the feedback that I got from the employees was, people want some, to know about a vegetarian item, especially a soup. So we changed the recipe, uh, kept working with it till we got it to be top quality, and made this every day the daily soup is uh, vegetarian, no meat, no dairy. Mm. Yeah, I gotta try that one one point. Um, so yeah, it seems like things are going well. Uh, how long do you see yourself doing this until just like, you no end in sight or right, no end in sight, no end in sight, enjoying the yeah. process? Yeah. Um, cool. We're almost at the point of uh, talking about you, the character, Danny, in terms of uh, you know what makes you unique. And um, we usually start with, for example, habits. Um, so what's like one good healthy habit that you have? Uh, exercise, probably. Yeah. Everyone's different in their method of exercise. Yeah. So what's yours? Uh, bicycling. Oh, yeah? I just came off a 15-mile bike ride today. There you go. Up and down the Lakeshore Drive? Yeah, which is beautiful. Nothing like Lakeshore yeah. Drive in Chicago. Do you head south or north? Both. Both? On one trip, or do you mix it up on different I, days? I mix it up depending on... I go I go by the wind. I always try to go against the wind when I start. That's smart. That's yeah. smart. Uh, so... How far north have you gone before? North up to, uh, if, I don't know if you're familiar with the city, up to like the High Temple in Wilmette. Okay. Do you stop at the temple? Uh, it's just it's sort of a landmark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought it was like some kind of like a, no. some more meaningful trip, you know, pilgrimage on the bike. But no. no, uh, no. <laughs> it's a landmark. Wow, that's impressive that you're still bike. Have you done triathlons or stuff like that in your day? I just like individual. I like to listen to a ball game or uh, music while I'm riding. Right. So you can listen to some, your podcast uh, episode on, yeah, the, on the bike. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I Give listened it. to a podcast yesterday, a uh, uh, New York Times podcast on, uh, on the Tulsa uh, massacre. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to keep everything positive here, local yeah, voices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it should, should it get you uh, spinning a bit faster, you know, ideally, but uh, definitely it's like a, every conversation is like a, kind of like a couch chat yeah. or something. So it's not... Not the most energetic, but it's definitely uh, soothing. Um, but yeah, definitely bike- bikers are big podcast listeners is what I've found. So mm-hmm. hope some of them are out there listening. I don't know. I Posture for me, I, I prefer running and swimming. The posture for me on a bike is a little too like crouched. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, I've done some triathlons in my day. And my dad was an Ironman, actually. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a uh, solid... T- I mean... Er- a lot of things are solitary, but uh, have you ever joined like bike groups or no. kind of those kinds of things? No, I just I really like to have that as my own time for yeah. myself. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Or, or, or it'll be me and Aretha on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Aretha Franklin? Or yeah. Who? You like listening to her? Yeah. That's great. Oh, I love Aretha, too. Yeah. Uh, she, she has her own, like, show on no, Chicago? on Spotify. I'll listen to her. Oh, on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Danny, cycling the Lakeview Trail, listen to Aretha Franklin. That's exactly. a nice little picture in everyone's head there. <laughs> um, cool. So Accurate. Yeah, and, and, and sure. Do you have like your own special biker's gear and like a shirt, a famous, like a nothing real souvenir? Nothing real fancy, no. No? no. Okay. Uh, so people won't be able to spot you. You just kind of... It sometimes is... I'll, be, I'll be wearing uh, some Cubs gear sometimes. Okay, yeah. I'm a big Cubs fan. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Cubs... Uh, First place. They have an interesting new announcer. I think he's someone that would be great to interview. Like what, the young announcer, right? Was he like 22 years old? He announces all the games or something like that. I heard about that. I don't think the Cubs have a young one. Maybe the Sox. Oh, yeah? Okay, I got to read up on my yeah. Chicago yeah. sports. <laughs> yeah. So who announces the games for the Cubs? Do you have a, you've been listening to games for a long time. Pat Hughes and, uh, and um, his name just flew out of my head, Ron uh, Coomer. On the radio, though? On right? the radio, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So so you uh, you like cycling. You like the Cubs. Um, now, when you when you do go out and celebrate in Chicago or go out and, and try other restaurants, what are some of your favorite other restaurants? I go to, like to go to ethnic restaurants, Italian or Greek or Chinese or Asian of any kind. Vietnamese. Okay. Definitely a, a lot of uh, Asian restaurants I've found around here. Um, what are some of your favorite? Are you talking about like eating sushi or talking about like more hot dishes or... More, more hot dishes. I'll, I'll eat associated sometimes, but uh, primarily I like different. And Chicago is a great city for ethnic food. Absolutely, different varieties. Yeah. In terms of like the history of Chicago, uh, who were some of the first peoples to kind of immigrate here? Do you know the history a bit? It would be German, Irish, Italian, Polish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that order, or pretty much, I think. Yeah. Well, you can tell the German influence from all the hot dogs. Yeah. yeah. And all that in the yeah. city, and then uh, definitely we the deep dish pizza. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, do you know? There's a story about deep dish pizza, like why Chicago, why deep dish? It started with um, with uh, pizzeria Uno and Uno and Due down down yeah. near North Side. They just innovated that, and people liked yeah. it. Yeah. Was it good for the winners? Maybe all that cheese and it's a it's a good hearty pizza. It's heavy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's more of a meal. So how often do you uh, do you go to Cubs games and stuff like that? Well, not last year at all, obviously, but uh, whenever I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just quite exciting time for everybody, obviously, to put the pandemic behind us, start seeing some of those mass mandates. Mm-hmm. I think having an interview with you on a couch here together it would have been impossible up until a couple right. weeks ago we would right. even a couple weeks ago exactly. you would have been like no sorry right so this is quite the treat um to kind of be able to host some of uh some of our city's greats you know who have a lot of history here and uh speaking of history and, and chicago i love the chicago history museum it's great it's free it's in lincoln park um do you have any other favorite like museums or places people can learn more about chicago They're, all the museums are great the uh natural history museum the Museum of Science and Industry, they're all, they've all got a lot to offer, world-class, and the um, Shedd Aquarium, and the uh, Planetarium also. Okay. And I think those are all like sort of must-sees for tourists. Oh, yeah. And Chicagoans, if they haven't, they should, you know. Right. you got to like, treat yourself like a tourist. Exactly. Uh, at least when friends come to visit, that's what's the best. Exactly. Um, kind of really see your city. There's definitely, I have a hit list of things that 
I haven't seen yet. Like even the Art Institute, I've never been there yeah, yet. That's they, a great one. They have Monet right now. Great collection of impressionists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, regarding so you you cycle um, now in terms of if you had to man the kitchen at the bagel, like what mm. what's your specialty? What are you good at making? I'm for I'm lucky in that I can I can make anything if I need to. Yeah. Because I I learned how to do everything. So. Right. You so you've kind of done every done it all there. Yeah. Um, are you part of the training of new staff, or do you have some, like a head chef? Or There's, there hasn't been much new staff. That's, right. There's not much training to be done. They, the main everyone's been there for dozens of years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, in your, I guess, I still like to come back to this: how long you guys have been open, and what do you think is kind of the secret of your resilience besides the great staff? I mean, the, the customers, the loyal customers. Um, can you like? Can you just visualize them by face, like your oh, yeah. people. Who, are there people who eat there twice a week, even? Or? There are, yeah. yeah, yeah. And people, we're with all the years we've been in business, they're third and fourth generation even coming in, which is always fun to see the little kids. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's part of their rituals too, maybe part of their celebrations. Exactly. Um, have you done any kind of savvy social marketing or? A way to say, hey, tell your friends about us, or is there any events that you throw, or is there anything creative that you guys have done to kind of really expand or, or keep that customer base? We we were on Facebook, obviously, and uh, but nothing in terms of of major events and things. No, not really. Just we just try to be consistent and and do what people expect of us and and be there for everyone. Right. So so there's no big surprise when they come in. Right, you're you're basically doing what works, uh, what people appreciate, um, and obviously that, you know, for example, last week on the podcast we interviewed Joel, who uh, Joel Feinberg, who basically was running a running shop in the north side of Chicago. He even had a couple shops at one point, but the internet kind of started eating into his business, and and, and basically because he values stability, which everyone does in terms of having three kids and mm-hmm. and you know family life, um, he basically pivoted to. To uh, hosting events with his company instead of selling shoes. So obviously the internet has had an impact on local business, but it seems like your business definitely fulfills a need in the community, right? Would you say yeah. that you agree? So there's people who who basically appreciate your cooking. And are there any other similar like styles around you? Or would you say you're like probably the Jewish I think kind of we're restaurant? Unique. Yeah, we're unique. Again, to backtrack for a minute, again with in terms of promotion of things, we've of course gotten. Uh, online ordering is something that, that's become huge in, in the last few years, and we we have, we're early adopters in that. Yeah, yeah. I saw you have uh, many apps that you can order from. You're not. I don't think you're on Uber Eats or DoorDash, though, are you? No, but we're on uh, Grubhub, and but we use our own drivers because I, I like to ah. maintain the control. Is that why you don't do Uber Eats and DoorDash, right? Exactly. Like that. Exactly. So what's important about maintaining the controls? The, the timing. Uh, make sure people get their food in a timely fashion. That if if they're if they want it in in an hour, that they're not sitting there waiting three hours or getting an right. excuse instead of food, and uh, maintaining the quality and the temperature for the food. Ensuring that they're getting the, the right experience. So, exactly. For example, if they're delivering, if you're delivering, you know, a, a dozen of bagels, you know, as long as they're packaged well, it's not just a high priority delivery. Maybe as a hot dish or something like right. that that's in the neighborhood. Right, and we can make sure our soup is hot when they get it. And, and then the personal aspect of it, the people who order regularly, they get to know our drivers. And yeah. the, the driver, in fact, there'll be some elder, elderly people that order food and the driver will help unpack it, put it on the 
on the table ah. for them and do that kind of thing. So you're really like going above and beyond with that delivery exactly. experience by controlling right. it. Right. And that just shows how you care. That's great. Um, so yeah, I, basically these are all my closer questions, but, uh, you already shared so much. What is, uh, what is one interesting thing that, uh, most people don't know about you, Danny? Hmm. I'm trying to think that's out of a question that grabs you by surprise, but, uh, hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, uh. Yeah, like if I, I guess if someone asked me, be like, oh, I guess I, I speak French and Spanish pretty fluently, stuff I don't really show or or, or exercise all that much. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you speak any other languages, any European languages? I, I, some German and French. And I guess the main thing is that I have a degree in psychology. So mm. that would be something most people wouldn't know. Has that helped you in the restaurant space, you think? It hasn't hurt. No, it definitely. <laughs> It's very, uh, you know, consumer behavior, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to over-engineer it, but definitely um, it's something to keep in mind. And I, always, I like reading psychology books. Uh, do you have any favorite books? Are you a reader? I'm a reader. I like a lot of um, science fiction and uh, Stephen King kind of things. Escapist mm -hmm. kind of yeah. Escapist kind of reading. Do you go read at the beaches here in Chicago or, or on your um, porch or something? Yeah, I'll read on outside on the, on the balcony or... Uh, I love to read on vacation, like by a, by a swimming pool or yeah. something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, one of the last questions we always ask is, uh, it's a podcast, you know, we, we interview classic local characters about their habits, about their history. Um, who are some awesome other people in Chicago, maybe, you know, two or three that you think would be interesting to interview? Uh, Right. First, I start thinking of dead people, but <laughs> that won't help you. Right? Yeah, I don't know. My, I, don't, I don't know if I can go back there, but uh, or down there, but <laughs> up there. But um, yeah, in terms of people who are still alive in Chicago, somebody like Pat Hughes, the Cubs announcer, would be a good person. Yeah, Cubs radio announcer. He'd have a lot of good stuff to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. Come, just comes to mind since we we're discussing baseball earlier yeah do you have any mo role models in, in in the food world or restaurant world or mentors well there's so many any anyone that was successful in restaurants is a you know you look at people like uh people like uh james beard and uh you know the new orleans that k-paul all these kind of these people that became like bigger than life characters Although that's not my goal at all. I'm, I'm, I like to be in the background, just like to, I like to be in the front of the house with the people, but not on the big screen, you know. Right, right. Oh, yeah, your ego is not in yeah. being famous or anything yeah. like that. And that's actually one of the keys of running a local business is really remembering why you do it. You know, you're, you're smiling customers and uh, some people maybe try to grow too fast and open too many locations and then... Yeah. It's a big risk. Uh, I, I like the day-to-day -day connection with the uh, clientele. That's what I love. Yeah. And now I, with the pandemic ending, uh, come in and you see people and you're able to shake a hand and give a hug, That things that we haven't been able to do. Those hugs long. are coming back, huh? Yeah. Finally, yeah. did the CDC say anything about hugs? Are we, are we okay to hug now? I think if we're all vaccinated, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, they definitely erred on the side of <clears throat> caution this, uh, this past year or so. Now that masks are off, pretty much, I think hugs are uh, yeah. are back on the table. 
Absolutely. That's great. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Danny. And uh, we'll have to I'll have to go come by the bagel and get a okay. nice picture of you and with, with a nice background of uh, the restaurant. And great. we'll do some videos in the future of uh, just your experience and everything. But but yeah, you're a classic, uh, very respected uh, in this uh, North Side area. So well, thank in the Chicago as a yeah. whole, I'm sure. So appreciate you taking the time and uh, sharing a bit more about your background. Um, definitely, we all can learn to. Uh, I think especially a lot of local business owners can learn a lot from your experience and uh, basically focus on the smiles. Focus on. I think that's very important. Hiring yeah. the smiles and yeah. and the smiles will will end up uh, kind of cascading all around you basically your clientele will start smiling at you as, as well um, awesome thanks for joining okay, and I uh, look you. forward to uh, having some more of your uh, your dishes and okay. experiencing a little bit of uh, Eastern Europe as well okay great awesome. try some of our soups and uh, dinners I will awesome